All right, today we're gonna be diving into the metaverse once again, and it's gonna be a good one. This is gonna be breaking down the Citigroup metaverse report. And in this report, 196 pages later, we're gonna try to condense this down for all of you guys. My name is Paul Barron. Welcome back to Metaverse Insider. Today, the report that I feel like shook the metaverse has landed on the doorstep here at our studios. And we had a chance to dive into it, take a look at it. What I did, just to give you guys an idea of what, kind of the approach I take toward research reports that are this deep. This one is, a, oh, it's 190 pages. It's just ridiculously long. There's a lot of um, content that's coming from a lot of different viewpoints, which I think is good. There is a certain amount of research and study that's put into this, which I also think is good. The one thing that I felt that was missing outside of a handful of points is their whole understanding of how technology moves through space and time. And what I mean by that is if you understand the growth of the internet, you understand the growth of social, mobile, all the real evolutions that we've seen in our technology history is in the process of being repeated. And a lot of this will be kind of outlined. It'll make a little bit more sense to you. I want to jump to the first thing and just kind of the look of the people that are involved in this report. You've got, of course, the FinTech lead and digital assets over at City Global Insights. Uh, you've got the future financial analyst over there. And then you have some good expert uh, contributors, of course. You've got Stanny over from Ave in here, Phil Chin, who is from uh, HTC. You've got Ursula, who is King and Wood. Uh, Sandeep, everybody understands, the co-founder of Polygon. There's some pretty good people in here. Yatsu, of course, Animoca Brands. So it, this is no, um, this is not a slouchy group. This is a group that is well-deserved on understanding where the metaverse is going and also kind of the evolution of it. And I think there's a lot of, of conflicting opinions, but also there's a lot of opinions that I think are leaning in to where this is going around the uh, future of, of where this is all heading. And I think that's the, the bigger thing because there's some big numbers here. All right, metaverse and money, decrypting the future. Have you ever heard of one of those aha light bulb moments when you realize your grasp of technology or lack thereof showed your age? One of those moments hit this guy uh, like a ton of bricks last week when they asked him to create his own avatar for a presentation in the metaverse. Now, I think you're going to see more and more of this uh, on a case-by-case -case basis of people that are understanding how the use case of metaverse will really become reality. But the key here is, is what markets are they going to what markets will the metaverse truly impact? If you look at this right here, users should increasingly be able to uh, access a host of use cases, including commerce, art, media, advertising, healthcare, social collabs, et cetera. Look at the numbers here. They're talking about a broad definition, the total addressable market. They'll refer to this as the TAM. Metaverse could be between 8 trillion and 13 trillion by 2030. Now I've put out a number on one of our podcasts and our videos before that a trillion was the number that I felt we could see. And the reason that I look at that is I look at the overall aspect of the markets that it could hit. This will be food, medical, advertising, obviously entertainment. And when you, when you get into all of those and then you look at certain amount of adoption rates, eight trillion is a very real potential in comparison to similar uptake models of where the internet was going uh, in the early days. So I think that in itself uh, kind of goes into the $8 trillion number. So lots happening here. I want to jump to some other side points that they kind of touch on here. The next generation, let me zoom out a little bit here on this one. Next generation, the $8 trillion to $13 trillion, they kind of talk about this right here. There's two definitions they're trying to, 
to point at in this particular report. One, of course, is the narrow definition, which is the AR-VR approach. And what that simply means is metaverse will only exist if you have these AR-VR type concepts. I don't necessarily believe that. I think AR-VR will be a big part of it. It will also be the accelerant that will happen maybe in 2026, 27. Uh, that will help us leverage into 2030. But I feel like metaverse broad definition, this is the more uh, approachable, which I think is going to be more 2D and UX based uh, from either mobile and or visual aids and or visual elements that start to come out on the aspect of technology around display systems. And I won't get into all that, but how we'll be able to interface into the metaverse. This they think total addressable market now starts to move into the eight to 13 trillion versus the one trillion to two trillion that you see there. And I would agree with this. I believe that AR, VR is a simple uh, segue into it, but it is a ways off. I think the 2D and the UX side of metaverse is where we need to concentrate. And when you look at the scenarios right here in terms of money in the metaverse, they kind of break it down into four or five different categories here. In-game tokens, Obviously, you see some, I think, lame examples. This is, these aren't bad, but they're just not seeing the real edge case examples that should be in here right now, like Sandbox, like Axie, like Alluvium. Uh, but examples here, Roblox, Minecraft, uh, key uses, gaming, limitations, withdrawal limits. You, you see kind of the in-game token aspect, but we will see that pretty much be replaced by play and earn. Examples on cryptocurrency, obviously the big ones, virtual lands, NFTs, gaming, DeFi, but the big ones, of course, there is, is Bitcoin, Ethereum, Polygon. Then, of course, you get into stable coins. Obviously, we'll see the USDCs, uh, DAIs, BUSDs, all those kind of move into it. And they kind of talk about the use cases around DeFi, international payments, settlement currency, uh, entertainment, shopping, et cetera, which I would agree also stables are going to work in that area. Then you get into CBDCs. And this is, I think, where it gets a little edgy because I think that's going to be further down the cycle in terms of adoption because you're dealing with mostly nation states and whether or not we see the ECNY, which is uh, the Chinese token, and or uh, what we will see come from, I think, the U.S. and also Europe most likely will have a play on a CBDC in the very near future. Fiat, of course, I think there'll be some on-ramps for it, but traditionally, these are going to be rewards-based. I don't necessarily see this being a, ma a massive conversion into the metaverse over the next uh, decade or so, but there will be some applications. Now, um, there's a lot here. I'm going to try to buzz through much of this. I'm going to leave a report to the link, or a link to the report, so at least you guys can go dive into this, but just be prepared. You need to sit down about four hours and look through this. Property rights management in the metaverse. Um, this I thought was intriguing to me because we'll start to see this layer of property rights and commerce start to move into what they call MetaFi. So it will support around buying and selling funding of these properties. I think we will see more and more of that. Uh, there are some things in here that kind of push both pro and con to real estate and NFTs in there. But if you look at financing in the metaverse, this is kind of an interesting one, right? We expect to enable DeFi to operate as a sweet spot where traditional finance and centralized finance uh, facilitates further capabilities by undertaking off-chain uh, due diligence and credit assessment. So I think that is an interesting aspect around having the whole financial system work in unison, much like they did and have done in Web 2 and Web 1. So that has worked before in traditional, what was old traditional banking, which was all wire and fax. 
I know that you guys probably don't know what a fax machine is, but that's how banking was done pre-internet, before we really started seeing e-commerce, Swift, really become a thing for messaging systems around the world and passing money. NFTs and digital native assets, this is another one. Over time, we expect to see increasing number of traditional financial institutions working on digital and native assets as, as NFTs. Mainstream NFTs and tokens, highly volatile. We'll see some movements in this area, but the digital nature of this activity is going to create some new risk models and create a lot of different variables around these asset baskets, which I think are true. We're already starting to see that in the NFT side of things. So, man, there's just so much in here. We may have to do another video on this. I just feel like there's just so much to cover. Permissionless and trustless decentralized services. This was another area that I thought was intriguing. Uh, primary use cases, decent, obviously DEXs, borrowing, lending, staking, yield farming, all of that, all that's going to be going into stocks and bonds and eventually get into in-game tokens and have the ability to see this in e-commerce types of scenarios. And early days, this is the one that I thought was kind of interesting right here. Is it too complex for the average user? Right now, I would say if you're watching our show, you are on the early 1% to 2% of people who understand what's getting ready to happen. Most likely, you're an early adopter. Most likely, you're tech-leaning. And most likely, you're an advanced business person if you're watching this show right now. If you've come across our show and you're like, what the heck are these people talking about? This is where you need to pay attention because this is exactly what happened in the 90s with people understanding where the internet was going to be going. And I feel like that is the phase we're in right now. But even as we expect increasingly self-custody, uh, we'll start to see more and more of this uh, self-custody around uh, tokens and, and digital assets. We also expect the majority of the population to be more comfortable with an intermediary abstracting away the complexities of DeFi in this ecosystem. That's going to happen. No doubt, we're gonna, we've already seen it with the exchanges. We'll see it with DeFi. We'll see it with Metaverse. And uh, really see it, I think, in the transition of real-world asset markets. And that's where they're talking about here. We expect an overlap of real-world assets and NFTs to power unique ways of unlocking the potential. And this is going to be a whole bunch of areas. This will be going around REITs, which, of course, is uh, real estate and land acquisitions that eventually could see some sort of NFT connectivity. I do believe real estate is going to be a big factor here, both in real world and virtual and metaverse applications in the future. The question is right now is how is all of this really going to be used? That is going to be the bigger question, I think, that all of us need to start to figure out. And there's going to be a lot of innovations to kind of go around this. This was interesting. Um, in our expanded definition of metaverse, we consider AR, VR persistent with uh, 3D world's access. Sizing the metaverse economy in 2030, you can kind of look at it. Uh, they think it's still going to be somewhere around 20% of the digital economy or the GDP. And at metaverse as a percent of digital, somewhere in the range of 30 to 40%. So the adoption percentage, pretty significant when you think about kind of the evolution of what it will take to reinvent Web 3 or reinvent Web 3 uh, from Web 2. Uh, so this is, this is big. If you look at the assumptions they point to right here, uh, global GDP right now, $127.9 trillion in 2030 based on the IMF growth forecast. That's a uh, digital percentage of growth uh, somewhere around uh, 2025 of 24.3%. Metaverse is percent of digital assets based on these scenarios above. So basically looking at our current, uh, current GDP of the globe, looking at the 
acceleration of growth on metaverse and then looking at the adoption percentage based on digital. So if you think about those, I know that's probably a lot of numbers, but the point is, is that the likelihood of growth is real. The question is what kind of companies and products and services will really leap to the forefront on all this. So industry experts, this is one that I felt, uh, she kind of hit a, a couple of times. Her name's Iona Serpentano, uh, Web3 and DeFi investor, advisor. Uh, she's done a lot around DAOs, which I think is going to be a big one. And she talks about that. She expects economic value for the open metaverse to be at least $5 trillion by 2030. And that's more on the focus of the DAO side of things. Then you look at what Sandeep is talking about. This, of course, is the co-founder of Polygon. And he thinks this innovation is really running on steroids right now in the blockchain space. By 2025, scalability will happen. 100 million blockchain and Web3 users. That's going to be adoption. And I think he also dives in on where DAOs are going to go. And then you have Yatsu. Of course, he's Anamoka Brands. All in on this. DAOs, and you'll notice here, right here, DAOs will be the larger than, than companies and many countries. He's talking about right there. Many countries expect every aspect of our life the same way the internet affected every industry, individual, and society at large. These are massive, just groundbreaking statements from some of the best minds in the world when it comes to technology. So I think when I see more and more of this report, um, as I read through it and really dive deep, because there's a lot of side research that you need to do to understand it. Uh, it's not just, hey, go read it and understand it. You need to really follow the yellow brick road around it. And, th and there's a lot of that going, going on. So Gaming, of course, is the big one. Gaming uh, is viewed as the key metaverse use case. We already know that. If you're watching our channel, you understand how gaming will play a big part of all of this. But one thing they do talk about is we are going to see sales and marketing, advertising, events, conferences, engineering, all that kind of going into the training aspect of that. And education, we've talked about before on the channel, is going to be a big part of where the future of metaverse is going. Here's some other things that I thought were interesting, and this is uh, how important VR is. And this is, to me, I would agree also. Uh, does the current generation of hardware pose limitations? Uh, where are major investments being made in the space? Basically what they're saying here is that, yeah, there are some, some limitations here within VR AR that I still believe is a real issue. And we are maybe uh, five years away from really seeing that becoming fruitful. Now, there will be use cases and some elements and a lot of companies and projects that start to lean in on that. And on the early stage, the bleeding edge, they will be successful. And eventually they will hopefully eclipse on the other side and become the next Googles, the next Amazons, the next Salesforces, PayPals, you name them. All of those that emerged on the other side of the dot bomb are very similar to what we'll see uh, emerging out of the metaverse. Uh, entertainment, digital events, virtual advertising, we know that. Social e-commerce, clearly. Education, I think, is going to be the one that really gets disrupted. This will change education in a big way. Uh, healthcare, especially with AR aspects, back to education. Healthcare, AR, and education, AR, and possibly VR will be huge in uh, the use case of metaverse. Public services, you know, I'm kind of on the fence about that one. Tourism, by far, virtual cities. Smart manufacturing, definitely, as we see more autonomy and AI start to move in to technology and then recruitment and training, definitely going to be on the forefront there. 
Another one that I thought was really interesting is this section right here, virtual cities and public services and smart manufacturing. They talk a little bit about it. But virtual offices, e-commerce, all that really jumping out there into the area. Now, what I hope you're doing and taking from this video is understanding where investment opportunities lie. Gaming is the clear one. That's why we have Metaverse Insider. We talk a lot about gaming and Metaverse as a whole, but there's a lot more happening here from a lot of these major industries that have yet to truly or discover, it's kind of the undiscovered countries of these massive trillion dollar industries that have yet to even scratch the tip of the tip of the tip of the iceberg. That's how early this is going. Now, a lot of people will say, well, Paul, if it's this early, is it even worth it? You know, are, is it even worth it to get involved in any of this if you're going this early? And the way I look at that is I wish I could relive 1997 all over again because had I truly understood what I was seeing at the time, and I was just too young, I just didn't know what I didn't know. And if I truly understood what was happening in front of my very eyes, I was in Silicon Valley, I was working for Microsoft, I was there at the table and still did not grasp what was being presented in the future of what was happening with Web 1. And that was in a very, very um, stage in which technology adoption at this point in our lives is much more normal. Back then, that was so foreign that most people just could never get their head around it. So I think Metaverse is not necessarily that foreign. Uh, it represents itself in uh, what it is right now, and that's gaming in the Metaverse. It's basically an early starting point. So I think as we get to see more and more people jumping into the Metaverse through entertainment, through gaming, this will be the gateway. This is the gateway drug into where Metaverse is going. It's gonna be huge. I think a lot of this is just gonna absolutely blow up as we uh, see this forward. And I wanna show, and I'm gonna get to 10 companies that are really developing in the metaverse and what they might be. There's a lot more in this report. I'll probably cover some of this. Of course, I want to thank our sponsor, and that is Roco Finance. Uh, and let me pick that up again. I want to thank our sponsor, uh, Roco. And of course, Roco Finance is one of those companies that has really started to move into the metaverse. And from an aspect of both NFT markets, their launch pads, so they're getting into the gaming sectors and where that might go. If you look at some of the projects that they're already involved in, just to jump to their uh, their Twitter, you can kind of jump in and see a little bit more about the NFT marketplace now available on Rise Online World. If you guys have not checked that out, make sure and take a look at it. Right here's their website. Of course, you can catch our links down below for Roco Finance and learn a little bit more about it. And I do see companies and projects like this starting to expand and really kind of move into that next era of how Metaverse will be done and also the kind of partnerships and deals that they'll be starting to put together. If you look at what they're doing, they've got, of course, sharing an exciting busy, uh, uh, release of their first gameplay video. This is, of course, with uh, Goody Booty. And uh, I like just the, the whole point of, especially the launch pads, is getting the chance to see a lot of this early game dev and these early projects kind of rolling out and becoming real and uh, eventually being something that hopefully does really well inside of the gaming ecosystem. So anyway, check out Roco Finance uh, below in the links. Now let's jump over to the top 10 trusted metaverse companies. And I want to talk about the companies here that I picked that I think are going to be very interesting in, the, in that stage of where metaverse is going. Number one here is Hyperlink Infosystem. This is recognized as one of the top IT and software development companies in India. 
they've got USA, UK, so far. I mean, they're everywhere. Uh, but the company is known for their expertise in web and app dev. This is using latest tech, and they're going into the rise in the demand of, of metaverse. Now, this is something I've talked about before, is that we need a lot of companies that can take two, web two, and move it to web three. This is where hyperlink comes into play. You obviously understand the central land and kind of their role. They're on the list here. Unity right here, platform provides, and obviously this goes right in uh, in line with what's happening with Unreal Engine. Unreal should be on here, but they haven't made that connection. But obviously Unity platform provides a set of metaverse software uh, solutions to create and run monetize interactive real-time 2D and 3D content. So I think they're going to be playing in here. Then you've got Anderson here. So 2,700 developers, Q&A engineers, business analysts, all this. And this is the other aspect of metaverse growth that has to happen. And that is um, analyst and business engineers, not the engineers of the software and the code that drives what we'll see coming out of metaverse, but the analyst and engineers of how business starts to plug into this. That's where Anderson, I think, is going to be a big one. Deloitte will also be at the table. Uh, Deloitte does the same thing, helping clients in big business, big enterprise, understand and capitalize on these big waves coming forward. These are not small companies. These companies all participated in Web2, and they all participated in the internet growth and the growth of mobile, the growth of social. I don't see that anywhere else. This one was interesting. Willow Tree, web app, OTT, that's over the top. That's basically entertainment. So think of Netflix over the top. Think of all the different media outlets also converting, but you've got metaverse voice technology coming in. This, I think, will start to play in. These guys are working with Fortune 500s. A lot happening there. Look at the list there. Century Fox, Synchrony Financial, AB InBev. That's basically uh, Budweiser. Then PepsiCo and so on. I mean, this is huge when you look at the size. Then here's a little company we just had on the show not too long ago, and that is Everdome. Everdome, of course, is building through a revolutionary, their capacity, technology, their capacity to create hyper-realistic, hyper-realistic, uh, avatars, and that could become both physical from a human aspect, but also other aspects like cars, luxury goods, and other items that could become uh, something in the metaverse through their scanning technology. So this is getting interesting because what's happening right now in terms of the outlook for the metaverse, a lot of major players are coming to the table. I recognize this just like in the 90s, a lot of major players coming to the table in the beginning of something big. That's the key you have to identify here. If this is one takeaway from this video, is you understand we are about to embark on something that's going to change the face of everything, just like the internet did. That's where the metaverse is going. All right, you guys are listening in over on the podcast right now. Make sure and tune in over to our other show, which is TechPath Crypto. It's on a podcast, so you can search both of those. Metaverse Insider, you're listening to TechPath Crypto. Just search that. You'll find it on all the podcast outlets. And then, of course, you've got to jump over here to the YouTube channel, subscribe and like a couple of videos. You'll get us in the algorithm. You'll learn more. You'll dive in and get into the rabbit hole. Take one of those pills, whichever one you like. And then before you know it, you'll be inside the metaverse with us. And of course, if you want to reach me, it's out on Twitter, at Paul Barron. We'll catch you next time right here on Metaverse Insider.